Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome, welcome. Well, if you guys haven't stopped dancing, we're asking you to stop dancing. Pay attention. It's Media Monday on Facebook. Keep smiling, Ambassadors Group. And we have got a heck of a cool show. And sometimes people say, hey, we have a special guest, but this guy is more than special. He's even famous. And Oh, dear. Also, it could be infamous. Infamous. <laughs> well, I didn't realize you had that really cool open. It was, ladies and gentlemen, Ken Sean and Andrea Adams Miller present. You know, whoa, Actually, that's cool. Thank you we, for that. We're going to recap that and use it now. Instead. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> you are now just been recorded and you will be revitalized Amplified. every week. <laughs> well, wonderful. We're, we're totally, we're totally going to uh, utilize that in our world. That's so, so, so much Oh, fun. it's always a good thing. Ladies and gentlemen, coming live from... And then you just kind of go, right? That's it. That's Absolutely. it. <laughs> you know, I worked with uh, Jeff Kay, who was the voice of the NFL, you know, um, and uh, it was really funny. And Harry Callis, too. Harry Callis, here, Philadelphia Phillies. And just there, there, you know, when you hear this voice, you expect a personality. And Harry Callis was this little tiny guy, cardigan sweater, that you're like, seriously, where does that voice come from? And Jeff <laughs> Kay, awesome. Jeff Kay, nonstop smoker. And, and black coffee. And really? literally in between takes, he'd be like, <laughs> and the ball was on the five-yard line. And you're like, what? Sounds like you're expecting. <laughs> no, I know. Like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I could listen to this forever. <laughs> well, you come on a very special day. We just found out this morning that it is National Smile Power Day. Oh, that dear. we we did not know that. So we, we have got our smile power on. <laughs> in case I feel like frowning or I'm having a bad day, I'm ready to go. You really right, are, yeah, Jess. Take a picture of that, put that back on, and got it. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. And if I'm going to screw around a little bit, you know. All right, now you got to hold that one on longer. <laughs> or if I'm having a romantic. Oh, today's my anniversary, my wedding Is anniversary. It? Yay, congratulations. Nice. So that one's oh. for my wife, you know. Yeah, she she will be quite smitten, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, with yesterday being uh, National Flag Day and my son's birthday, and, and even, you know, Trump copied out and said, you know, what, if your son has a birthday, I'm going to have one too. I mean, there's a lot of stuff happened to, yesterday <laughs> and today. <laughs> so, Speaking of that, Ken, will you share the title of Kenny's book? Because it is now available on Amazon for people to be able to receive it. They can also reach straight out to us. And we can take those orders because Kenny Boom. is seven years old. He looks just like that, and uh, super happy. Except actually, little, more real, wonderful, more real, little, little more real, a little more flesh tone. Uh, <laughs> he's just so, so cute, and uh, we're su super happy and celebrating a young entrepreneur who's starting his career and following in the footsteps of his father. So super excited about all of that. So yeah. cracking, cracking up with Kenny, right? C cracking up with K3? Yes, exactly. And uh, nothing like a little prodding, right? I mean, he's just all about it. 
So <laughs> absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. So his book is it's a little joke, joke book for those of you who are listening. And you can reach out to us at www.thekeepsmilingmovement.com. You can send us an email through that as well to let us know, or you can uh, reach us um, well through you can reach us through Ken's website. It's theumbrellasyndicate.com or Ken at theumbrellasyndicate.com. Reach out directly to him, especially if you're wanting a signed copy, several copies. If you want to donate one to your local library, we certainly will support that and want that to happen. So uh, let's make some wonderful things happen. Start a young boy off. I know that my daughter, when she was 11, wrote a book and we um, she ended up earning over $3,000 the first time she did her launch and donated it to charity. And uh, she was gifted an iPad from someone who heard that's what she really wanted instead of donating it. She really wanted that and then got some awesome opportunities for camps. And boy, we'd love to be able to create that for Kenny so that he can start um, being a young entrepreneur who's actually finding success and being able to pay off his uh, not only publishing of his book but being able to buy new things like new playstation games (laughs) and and where would our kids be without nepotism right exactly (laughs) totally i call it legacy i mean (laughs) god bless you for that oh man that was so beautiful jess and and jess i have to give you some applause because you've given me some inside information about because the joke book was so funny to change our movement to keep laughing movement so thank you so much for that (laughs) so um we actually uh, met through wayne wayne is the man who connected us and you you were so kind to gift us and we're going to go into the history of this in a second but you were so kind to gift us the seven days in utopia which my son's very first movie and i have to be careful i say this i because before i'd said it on the air as adult movie and they were like uh and i was like no first movie that's not animated first movie that's not animated and he actually really enjoyed it and he talked about it uh quite a bit more than i was expecting that week and so um and that led to him accepting that c.s lewis narnia was okay to watch too so your movie prompted that his second movie that's not animated well well, to say that that uh our movie Seven Days Utopia prompted into Narnia. Holy cow, that's a ooh, <laughs> that's that's a big step. Man. Well, and he's I, even I allowing us to buy him to the book. Promote the more people buying the Seven Days in Utopia. Seven-year-olds says better than Narnia. Well, I think I think uh, Jess was saying that Seven Days for seven-year-olds. I mean, I think that's kind of a different way. Is like bring bring them into young man adulthood by having them think about the gifts that they bring to the world. So God bless you, Jess. Yeah, it was awesome. Well, it's interesting. I just had a talk with a buddy who, uh, you know, I mean, I have three daughters and, um, you know, when you talk about kind of that, what's the rite of passage, you know, um, mm-hmm. I don't believe, I mean, th- there are so many in other cultures um, and in the United States, it tends to be car keys. And I'm like, no, that's not a good one, man. Um, we've always done a thing called passport to purity. And uh, it really was a commitment by our daughters. My wife would take them to like a super, the Broadmoor down here in, in Colorado Springs, have a really fancy weekend when they turn like, you know, 12, 13 and, and really kind of have the birds and the bees talk, but from a positive angle, cause it can be so scary. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's just, I mean, you watch how that influences lives and, and it's the same thing. You have a son. Well, okay. What's that rite of passage? Um, my buddy who has sons, we go out and we do like this big campfire kind of a thing that, you know, people tell the stories that you get to sit around and do that. And uh, I think that builds character. I think it builds a sense of 
you know, uh, history, again, that legacy thing of saying, why is it important? I mean, you know, I always say, what's the Bible say? The Bible says, um, you know, nothing's better than a good name, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, remember that. Like, my name's Stainbrook, and you're a Stainbrook, and so make sure you don't mess that up, you know, because that's, people will know who we are. So, yeah, important don't stuff. Don't leave a stain on Stainbrook. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. You know, because people would, would screw it up. And he's like, it's so simple. Muddy Creek. Come on, really? Stainbrook, it's a compound word. Come on, how hard could it be? <laughs> You know, it's interesting you said, Jess, because I talked to my son about what our name means, and Roshan probably has all kinds of French derivations uh, that I haven't even researched to the point of actually having the conversation on air, let alone with my son. But I tell him, you know, Roshan means hard work. It means mm -hmm. you don't stop. and. Right. You uh, and you believe in yourself, and I have all these synonyms. I have no idea if it's true. I just know that that's what I believe it means. <laughs> well, well, if you, you believe it, it that is what it means. I mean, yeah, you yeah. get to create your own legacy with him and make it whatever you want it to be. And I love that. For mine, I teach my girls independence at a very early age. They learned how to cook and clean and take care of them, make their own decisions. I made them start doing critical thinking at, you know, two, three, four years. My granddaughter's four. I was having her do critical thinking on, on Saturday morning. Uh, that's what really allows them to lead and, and take confidence in themselves. And I want to remind people, we're listening to Amplified with Ken Rashawn. Yeah, and we kind of did this one backwards, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, we, have, yeah, we, we did. haven't said who the guest is. We haven't said there's any sponsorship. We haven't told the title or the reason for the show. <laughs> we just started talking. <laughs> and I'm Andrea Adams Miller, the executive producer of Amplified with Ken Rashawn. And we are also, oh, he's got, is that a cowbell? <laughs> more bell, more bell. Yeah, it's the, it's the women's uh, soccer team, you know. You nice. Awesome. Um, speaking of that, Ken, I helped pick that background in the back of him because of the soccer shirt and the soccer ball for you. Nice. That's Thank a, you. So, Ken, so uh, Jess and I picked that special. So, Jess, we're the national and the Brazilian national team. That's so cool. So yeah. we're uh, we're about 12 minutes in the show. And um, it, it's like we're 30 minutes in the show because we didn't do all the stuff we normally do in the beginning. So you prompted <laughs> all kinds of fun action with uh, the announcement, et cetera. So we want to, uh, I guess, backtrack a little bit for the audience to share how lucky we are to have you on our show and who you are. So we're going to go to the, the introduction and bio of you from Andrea. So it's going to feel a little reverse here. So should I leave and come in? <laughs> <laughs> And now, welcome, you know, and they'd walk in. And I think it's beautiful. And and uh, go ahead and have some black coffee and get ready to yeah. say hello. I'll come on back. All right, go ahead, All right, Andrea. So this is a perfect way to do that. So we want to thank our sponsors to the Umbrella Syndicate, the Red Carpet Connection, Voice America Influencers Channel. And uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, I already said the Red Carpet Connection. I think the Key Smiling Movement the just key twice. Smiling movement. There you go. And there we go. And we now have our guests coming up. That is Jess Stainbrook. Why do we have this amazing man joining us? Well, he is not only the ex uh, executive director and vice president for Invisible Disabilities Association, but he also is really well known for his, oh, let's just say his uh, wonderful, unbelievable background in broadcast television and in film. He's received eight Emmy Awards and 29 nominations. His clients include MTV, ESPN, PBS, Discovery Channel, A&E and many others. He's produced and directed major sports programming for the Olympics, World Cup 
skiing, Formula One, NASCAR, and things all over the world. And just recently, Ken has already mentioned that we had the privilege of checking out uh, Seven Days in Utopia, which is an absolutely beautiful film. I definitely recommend that you check that out. And he's also done other things. Um, he's received the Teddy Award, and not because he has the biggest teddy bear or, or that he is a teddy bear, but that it's a, a really great award for movies. And he has just done some so many more things that I'd rather have him talk to us about it in person, including with his wife, Kina, having Baby Faith, a series of children's books and DVDs. So uh, please join us now. Uh, Ke- Jess, Jess Stainbrook. Woo, Jess. Woohoo. So, Jess, uh, we, we realize you got the Teddy Award, not the Sheepish Award. So talk to us about how that felt not to get in that word. Well, interesting. I mean, the sheep, I didn't realize uh, Andrew was Andrea was going to mention Baby Faith, um, the series we did, um, the children's series. And and part of the, the distribution of it was we created these. These are the most soft lambs, and, and they have encouraging things on them as you guys. And we have little teddy bears as well. But Russ Berry partnered with us. And the idea was to have these super soft things for kids, right? Mm-hmm. And they would hand these people, they would, they would hand these to uh, people just having babies or if they had trouble in a NICU or something. Hmm. Um, it was really interesting. And the cool thing about it is we had these little patches on the back that said, God made me. I mean, it really was to kind of remember you're special, right? Yeah. You are special. You're made special. So, you know, don't be afraid of that. But yeah. So I forget, where are we going from here? Well, uh, we have two directions to go. I don't care which one you pick, but I want to cover both of them. So one direction is the uh, uh, invisible disabilities with Wayne and and how that happened. And or you can pick uh, how Jess became uh, inspired to be who you are today. Oh, interesting. Uh, Wow. You're going to do both of them. So just pick the one you want to go with first. (laughs) Yeah, it, was, it, it wasn't a it wasn't a yes or no. It was a, <laughs> now or later. <laughs> yeah, it's either a a leads to b or b leads to a. Your choice. <laughs> yeah, the um, interesting. Uh, the uh, well, let's start with the inspired because I think it leads to the invisible disabilities yes. and all the stuff uh, you know I'm doing with them and Wayne. Spoken and, like a true director. Yeah. <laughs> so, now we can always do flashbacks. You know, yeah. in the middle of it. <laughs> that's pretty common. Um, <clears throat> No, I, um, wow. That's, I mean, I've always been, I was one of those really creative kids, you know, always found myself with a camera or some, my mom was an art teacher and, but she had these rules about art and it was no lines. And, and, uh, so while other kids could color in coloring books, we weren't allowed. We could take any resource. So we had gobs of paper, um, that we could use, but, um, and anything that we wanted to paint. I mean, it was interesting on one of the shows that I just did, I was remembering, we actually had, uh, one of those, uh, ceramic kick wheels that you would, you could shape stuff. And we had a kiln, if you can believe it in our house. That is pretty impressive. When you made something, um, you could finish it. And it was kind of incredible. Um, grew up going to Chautauqua, New York every summer. Um, and that was a place where that, that's an arts community, well known. Um, but yeah, that was just kind of part of life. And, um, when what was it, came, it like, what was it like driving just without paying attention to the lines in the road? I want to know about that. Yeah, that was, that, <laughs> that's, where sometimes, that's where when you, when you use that opportunity to not listen to your parents, right? <laughs> But mom, the state police said, no, no, <laughs> <lines are> <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So um, yeah, just kind of headed off in that direction. Um, actually, went to went to college on a soccer scholarship, which was probably the only way I'd get there. I'm not a very good student, um, but again, very creative. Always have been. You know, again, the kid with the camera and coming up with all these crazy ideas, um, and uh, ended up kind of starting. Uh, it was interesting while I was in school. I actually signed up. I was uh, I went through all the testing for AOCS with the Navy. Uh, aviation officer candidate mm-hmm. school and um <clears throat> had had this unique opportunity when i took the uh spatial perception test i finished it you know i handed it in and the guy's like stanbrook get up here and uh i'm like oh oh yes sir and he's like um okay how'd you cheat i'm like what do you mean how'd i cheat he goes well nobody's ever scored 100 on this test before and i was like sir it it really wasn't that hard you know <laughs> Because spatial perception was, well, and, and as being a director of photography, you see things, right? Well, spatial perception was all about what do you see? Um, and so it was a shock to him because, again, nobody had ever scored 100 that he had, uh, that he had graded. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But I signed, that, I signed up for that because I really didn't think, um, you know, based on the number of people in this industry and how hard it was to get access to stuff, I didn't think I was going to get in. And uh, it happened to be in my junior year, I had this amazing internship where all of my friends went to the TV stations and I went to the phone company and people were like, oh, dude, you got ripped off. And I'm like, yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe I did. But literally, I mean, I talked about Jeff K kidding around at the beginning. That was my first day at the internship. I walked in and they sat me down at this 48 channel audio board and, and, and said, Oh, uh, the voice of the NFL is coming in to do some voiceovers for us. You're going to do the recordings. And I was like, oh, my gosh. This, I, I mean, I literally had never used this stuff. But that's what it was like every single day. And, you know, we'd meet up in the senior seminar. And my friends would be like, you know, the teacher would ask, well, so what did you do this week? Oh, I made copies and I made coffee. And people would be like, Jess, what would you do at the phone company? And I'd be like, oh, well, let's see. Today, I got to use a $150,000 camera. Uh, and we taped, oh, Tug McGraw, because you won the World Series. And they're like, what? And, and literally every day, that's what it was like. And so um, those guys really kind of launched me into this career. And I started my first company before I had even graduated. And it literally took off. And did you ask for the phone company? I mean, how did that come about? That you no, were- it was actually, it was one of those crazy friend of the family. Uh, one of my best buds in high school, his dad worked to the, for, for, the phone, for the phone company. And uh, it was pre-divestiture. So, you know, Bell of Pennsylvania, um, uh, Diamond State Telephone, which was Delaware. I mean, it was all these things. That's and, like nepotism. Yeah, yeah. No, it really was. And so my friend's dad talked about getting into their corporate television facility and how cool that would be. And I just kind of went and took on, took, took it on and it was awesome. It really was awesome and amazing, but it really changed my direction. And so after that internship, um, they asked me if I wanted to keep working with them, but I had to work as a freelancer. So I started a company and it took off and then divestiture happened. And so I was actually working for Bell Atlantic and can we div- can we just divert for a second? Yeah. So you mentioned three things. So one is your mom not allowing you to create with lines. And right. then sec- secondly, the phone company and uh, thinking outside the box and then start your own company. Can you just discuss from a standpoint of how it is to raise children or how to be successful by going either the other road or thinking outside the box for a second? Sure. Uh, well, those are good questions, Ken. Um podcaster 
right? <laughs> I was gonna say he, he's had a little bit of experience. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, uh, that that outside of the box thinking tends to uh, it, it can work for you or against you. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I always have been. I, I mean, I'll say I'm not a good employee because of the entrepreneurial mindset. Um, it's easy to think outside the box on anything and that can actually be very distracting. So if you don't know how to rein it in, um, that, that's a tough road. But my, my whole point is to say that, you know, as an entrepreneur, you fail a lot and you have to be okay with that in the creative world. You fail a lot, but I, I don't see them as failures. I see them more as setbacks. And if you learn from each one of those, it can actually be really powerful for, you know, the foundation that you've created with that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, moving into that, I mean, it was, I mean, you learn a whole lot when you start a company really young because you're the accountant, you're the, you're the boss, you're the guy doing the work. I mean, it was kind of the one-man shop, although I did go gather a bunch of my friends from Temple University and say, hey, this has taken off. Anybody want to work in this industry? Um, and uh so, I mean, our clients became MTV, ESPN, PBS, and um, I got really well known for the documentary work that I was working because it was very, uh, it was very creative. It was very different, you know, um, and, and people still know me for that. I mean, I still do a bunch of documentary work, but I moved into the narrative stuff and that kind of changed things as well. And of course, sports, when you, you can you educate uh, what the distinction is between the narrative work and the documentary work, please? Yeah, sure. Document. Well, and, t- and in today's world, if you went to like an SVOD or an OTT group and said, they would call it scripted or unscripted, right? Unscripted would be the documentary style, although they're going to call that reality television. I still am more like the documentary style that you would see on PBS um, or the Discovery Channel or something like that. So, and then you've got the scripted content these days, which is really more of a narrative. I mean, you know, being able to do movies or, uh, shows that have some some content narrative dramatic presentation. Um, I tended to be somebody who I, I actually always really enjoyed hearing people's stories mm-hmm. and being able to tell stories. And um, I mean, I remember again one of the summers in Chautauqua. Um, all of my my grandfather had ten brothers and sisters, and all of us would come live in one house. I mean, cousins all the way. I mean, we would just pack it in there. And the interesting thing is, so those 10 brothers and sisters, that means I had nine great aunts and uncles. And in the, in the dining room, they had a drawer in this, in this one cabinet. And when you pulled it out, it was filled with pictures. And every summer, I would pull all those pictures out and I'd stick them on the table and I would force them to all sit down and pass it around. So while my cousins were out playing, I was still the documentary story guy. I was forcing them to, and I would record it on a cassette tape and I would record it with eight millimeter thing. And, you know, and people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, Hey, I just, I don't want to lose this stuff. It's so important. And uh, so kind of became like the historian, the, the person of figuring that stuff out. I mean, our move here to Colorado was to build a TV station for the government. My friends all thought I was selling out, you know, taking a corporate job, but it, it really was the, one of the most fun 10 years of my life because I got to tell all of the historic stories of this this unique rural slash urban area just south of Denver that included homesteaders and ranchers and I mean all kinds of stuff and so um, yeah I got to meet Tweet Kimball my goodness she owns a castle here called Cherokee Ranch and 
just an amazing woman. But, you know, again, with that mindset of how do you think outside the box, everybody's like, dude, you're working for a government channel. I said, well, no, I'm not. All of my stuff is playing nationally because I would call all my friends. I say, hey, I'm going to produce a show on this castle and they do uh, cattle ranching. Hey, A&E, you have a show called America's Castles. Want a copy? Like, you know, I mean, people still see my stuff on PBS all the time because it's yeah. it's pretty much evergreen content. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think being willing to take the step uh, outside of what the norm is to start something that you're really passionate about. Um, I mean, it's what I tell my girls all the time is, you know, if you do something that you love, you'll never work a day in your life, right? You've heard that many that's times. Right. Many times. So, yeah, that's well, before we go to break, I want to make sure <clears throat> a conversation you and I had uh, on the phone as well as through email about Seven Days in Utopia, I had told you that I had seen it quite a while ago and that it was very relevant now during COVID. And I think it's relevant at all times if you want faith and hope in your life. And and you're out of, out of, uh, out of direction of where you can be going in a purpose-driven life. So with that said, um, you gave me some information that I wanted to make sure we get on this program, which is how the authenticity and how you attracted Robert Duvall and how lucky you were to get the actors, well, maybe not lucky, but how fortunate you were to get the actors to be part of your dream and your vision and, and why that movie was so special because you did some amazing stuff with that. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I mean, again, this will tie into the Invisible Disabilities Association. You know, we're about to put on what, I'm, what I think is going to be the largest online relationship summit. Um, you know, a lot of times you go to these things and it's at a fancy hotel or it's a convention center or something like that. Well, given our times and our stuff, um, we're trying to do it online to really support people that are struggling through different things of, you know, just having hope, having faith, having an understanding of how do you love people in the midst of this stuff. Um, and I'll get back to seven days here in a second. Well, part of it is, you know, we've got five days of um of speakers, amazing speakers. John Gray, who is men, men are from uh, Mars, women are from Venus. We've got Gary Chapman, who's the five love languages. Um, but on the last day, or on the fifth day, we're actually doing what I think is going to be the largest online date night ever. And um, I actually called Dr. David Cook, who wrote the book Gulf Sacred Journey, uh, which is what Seven Days in Utopia was based off of. And I said, hey, we got this relationship summit. I would love to play this movie as our entertainment for that night, right? And he was like, yeah, sure, of course. So again, able to do that to sort so support people. But your question was, how do we luck out? Oh my gosh, there's so many ways that we lucked out. Um, you know, I know that Dr. Cook had a bunch of different groups approach him at the time, Disney, uh, Universal, some other folks, and he decided to go with me. And I was relatively unknown in that world. Um, and for some reason, he had a good feeling about it. And so we met and uh, talked about it. And it was interesting. I was driving home from the meeting and he called me on my cell phone in the car to say, yeah, you're the guy. And so I'm like, oh, okay. And so, you know, we kind of headed down this road. And, uh, you know, it was interesting. We, we, we wrote the, the director and I, Matt Russell, uh, and Matt was a young gun that had been an intern for me and same thing, just up and coming, doing some really amazing stuff. And uh, Matt and I wrote the first five scripts and we had in mind Morgan Freeman, you know, because Morgan has played some amazing things and um, it just, it didn't work out. And we were like, ah, shucks. And then when we got in touch, you know, the other thing we couldn't figure out is this movie has a strong part of a golfer, a young golfer. 
Well, who the heck is going to play that? Like, who's the actor that is so good at golf that they can pull this off? Because that's one of the things I thought was really important is that this book was about golf. And if you have a golf audience, you can't do fake golf stuff or you lose them right away. Right. Right. And so you can't throw the ball over the thing. You can't. I mean, it has to be real. And so our dilemma really was who's who can actually pull that off? Um, so do we actually grab a young golfer that's on the tour and teach him to act? Or do we teach an actor to golf? And we couldn't figure it out. Well, Lucas Black t- came to us uh, through some contacts. Well, Lucas had been doing, I think, I think he was modeling for Calvin Klein underwear and doing some movies and stuff. But for him, it was really a secondary thing. He always wanted to be a PGA tour guy. Mm. He, he just did. He was always wanted his card. And um, well, it turns out, I mean, he's a scratch golfer. The dude's awesome. Well, he was the perfect person to drop into that role. And um, he had actually just done a project with Robert Duvall. And he said, hey, maybe I could call him and see if, you know, he wanted to do this. Well, darn if he didn't call him. And, and Robert Duvall said yes. Wow. And it was the perfect connection um, for – and Robert Duvall was that amazing Johnny character. I mean, he really was cool in that movie. And, yeah, so Lucas was great. Melissa Leo, I mean, they're all – kind of did exactly what they do. They're great actors and, and made the movie incredibly fantastic. Well, very cool. So we're going to go to break. I'm going to let uh, Andrea take us to break, and then we're going to come back and talk a little more about Invisible Disabilities as well as the summit and your current projects. Awesome. We want to thank everyone for listening to Amplified with Ken Rashan. I'm executive producer Andrea Adams-Miller. We want to remind you that if you want to be a sponsor of the show, you can reach out to us at www.thekeepsmilingmovement.com. And also you can make donations to the movement there as well. And we want to thank our sponsors, the Umbrella Syndicate, Voice America Influencers Channel, Invisible Disabilities, and the Red Carpet Connection. And we'll be back with you after these messages. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash the Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. All right, this is Ken Roshan on Voice America Influencer Channel, and I got to say, Jess, you have spoiled me with that beginning intro you were doing earlier. I, I now want that in our programming, so... <laughs> that means you have to have make me part of your show too i, I can produce it i just well it's like uh what's the wait wait don't tell me right carl castle and then uh, bill what's bill's name but yeah we're there they're only there to be the announcer behind a microphone 
and they add something every once in a while. How fun is that? I'll, I'll do that for you. Cool. You would well, love that. <laughs> I know when uh, we are in break and a lot of people thought they saw the live, that was a pre-recording of the break so that we could actually have our secret double jeopardy conversation about <laughs> how the Keep Smiling book has changed your life and how you couldn't believe when you did that, that everything has opened up for you and it's going to be a very rosy year for you. So, yeah, um, sure. <laughs> so first of all, I, I want to thank you for indulging and participating and playing big with the Keep Smiling movement as well as... Uh, getting your chapter. I, you have such amazing things you're doing in the world. This will be quite um, uh, an amplification of leadership through the people that you know and the infusion of that leadership being put into your book. So thank you for the patience you're going to give because I think your book is going to be one of the top leadership influencer books. And so uh, our goal is when COVID is a little bit more lax and events are showing up again, that we are there to support your events and also to capture these people that you find near and dear to your heart that you want to honor because they've either mentored you, inspired you, or just played a part in supporting your success. So I want to make sure I said that on the air to you because you, you really did a great job and you have done so many amazing things with your directorship and storytelling. I want to tell your story and help let the world know that a lot of things are possible when you believe in yourself. So if you'll just take a minute, I don't want to go too far down this particular part of the conversation, but um, if you'll just share with people what it was like to do the Keep Smiling template-book project. Yeah, it's, it's really incredible. I mean, first of all, kudos to you and uh, Barry Shore, obviously, for coming up with the original idea. But um yeah, I mean, the world always needs something that puts a smile on people's faces, right? And sometimes uh, uh, going through adversity, while it might be difficult, uh, if you can look at it in a certain way, it can change your perspective. And so I think uh, all of the books that you guys are doing and putting out there that offer that kind of uh, encouragement, um and, and are inspirational to hear people's struggles is, is just as important as to hear their successes. Right. So yeah, no, it's, it's uh, I'm very appreciative of the opportunity and yeah, I'm looking forward to, to the whole process. Although I'm still kind of wrangling in my mind because I have so many connections. Right. Who do I not include? Right. That's the, that's the part. Well, part. Yeah. We might have to do two themes or volume two or something like that. So that is, well, that is not, that's not I'm, another question. I'm thinking he has several themes now that we know the, <laughs> the, the baby faith and uh, you know, so many other things with your sports and with um, you know, the inspirational documentaries and with invisible disabilities, we right. might have a whole series. That's just alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds like fun. So uh, we haven't talked enough about Wayne and invisible disability. So how did that come about and how has that played a part, not only in your life, but why is it so important for the world to know about it? Yeah, for sure. So um, I'm currently serving as the executive director of the Invisible Disabilities Association. And that, that's an organization that started, oh my gosh, back in 96, Wayne and Sherry Cannell. Um, uh, Sherry had been going through some things where she was dealing with uh, MS and she had Lyme disease. Um, PTSD and some other things. And, you know, and she came up with this term invisible disabilities because, you know, where she looked great and still does, she, she, you know, people didn't realize all the things that she was living with in this world. So, um, you know, days that, that people that are living with invisible disabilities can't get out of bed, but, but you don't know that, or you don't know what's going on. And so, um, Wayne started this organization and has really been working hard at it. But, um, uh, but really as his best volunteer is, is himself, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I actually left my real job in 2006 to launch out, um, having seen a need, I had been doing a lot of documentary work 
um, and stories on different groups here in the Denver metro area, WizKids Tutoring, Save Our Youth, Friends for Youth. Um, and it was a lot of youth at risk things, um, the homelessness initiative when uh, John Hickenlooper was mayor. And then uh, Mayor Hancock as well. So the whole idea was to say that having all these experiences, I kind of was like, oh my gosh, these groups need help. And it first started out with my storytelling ability to say, hey, you know, can I help you with a fundraising video? Or can I help you design your website or some, some ancillary marketing materials th that would help you explain your story? I mean, it really, the, the idea for starting my own nonprofit that would help in that way came out of, um, I, was at, I was at church. And with my family, and we had some really good missionary friends that had come in town, and they were showing their video, and it was horrible. It was horrible. And I'm like, guys, I've been, we've done work with you. Your stuff is amazing, awesome. What's going on? And they said, well, we didn't have the money. Hmm. And so I said, well, what if we took away the money? Like, what if that wasn't an issue? Would you do it differently? Well, well, heck yeah, of course. So literally my nonprofit, um, which we call 1615.tv. Um, why? It, why? Oh, that's a good question. Um, we launched that. I'll tell you why in a second. We launched that because um, with that goal is to say, if we take the money side off the table, can we help nonprofits? And so I went out and raised support and asked for donations for people, for me to go help others. Um, the name 1615 came about as... Um, it's out of the book of Mark in the Bible. Um, and that's actually the, uh, I, I originally wanted to call it 28, 20. What? The, the point is to say in the book of Matthew, it takes Jesus three verses to say what was said in one verse in, in the book of Mark. And so it really was go out into the world and preach the gospel. Right. And, and, um, and if you know my backstory, um, uh, you know, I was not always a man of faith. Um, I was all about myself and things like that. And the, the really short version of that story is uh, um, my company that I told you about from Temple University got chosen to, to cover the first ever inside communist Russia international athletic event back in 89. And that's summer. Mm -hmm. And while I was covering that, um, I had the unique opportunity to be um, taken by a security force, which we thought was the KGB. And, um, it was uncomfortable. And, and it really is if there's, there's sometimes you have those experiences in your life that change your entire direction and change your entire focus. Well, that was one for me. And, you know, my friends would say, just found religion. And I would say, well, it's anything but religion. Um, and, and so, yeah, I did become a man that looked to something bigger than myself um, for meaning and how to proceed. And it really did change a lot of things that I've been doing ever since. Um, but back to the Invisible Disabilities Association. So my group, my nonprofit was helping Wayne's nonprofit. Um, we were- How did you link? How, uh, did you? Wayne actually came to one of our, we had a bunch of creative events that were networking slash clinic seminars that we did on a regular basis that we had started for the community. Um, and one of those networking events, he just introduced himself and, um, expressed the need that, you know, they did a, an annual gala and could use help videotaping it for, for archival purposes. And so we started doing that and just kind of stayed in touch and got a chance to see what he was doing. And then, uh, two years ago, uh, he was, they were looking for 
like an admin person or something and it happened across my desk and I'm like, Hey, what are you trying to do? What are, what are you trying to accomplish? And he's like, well, we just, you know, how do we get the organization to the next level? And I said, well, shoot, I can help you. And he said, well, we can't afford you. And I said, well, again, let's put the money aside and let's just talk about how do we make this happen? And so um, I came on as their quote, first employee, you know, full-time employee and uh, you know, kind of, you know, once they could see what I was offering and how I could help, um, they made me the executive director. So um, it really has, you know, I started by kind of doing a deep dive on all the amazing things that Wayne and Sherry had been doing for years and said, okay, what are the most important ones? What are some ones that we can, we can take to the next level? And let's actually thin, let's prune the trees a little bit, right? So okay. we can get better growth. Um, so we, we came up with a strategic plan that was really kind of three-pronged and and we've been really heading toward that ever since. And so some amazing things have come out of it. Um, we're working on some legislation as well as grassroots efforts. We, uh, we came up with this thing called the, uh, the um, disability ID card. That's awesome. And um, yeah, it is awesome, man. I mean, it started out as a legislative side of things. Uh, in other words. Um, hey, Jess, Jess. Yeah. What do you got there? Upside oh. down, Ken. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Invisible yeah. no more. Yeah. And my son wears it too, even though it's too big for his arm. Nice. Well, and they glow in the dark too, man. So yes, they awesome. do, and that's what he loves about it. <laughs> Love it. Well, so the whole whole point was to say that, you know, the great part about the organization is that they the Invisible Disability Association is known worldwide. Yes. Um, Wayne did a really good job of making that happen and just kind of keeping up with things. Um, so there's this online presence and really my role in, in stepping into the, to leadership to help them was, okay, how do we get some tangible programs and some things mobilized, um, around really helping people with any disability, but the invisible disability is a special category because again, it goes back to that thing of there's not a recognizable assistive device. You know, when you see somebody pull up into a disabled parking spot and they get out with a walker or a cane or mobility can't well, like, or a wheelchair, you immediately know, Oh, Hey, and, and you'll even step up and go, Hey, can I help you? Right. Well, if somebody has MS or diabetes or some chronic illness, that's hard for them to walk and they pull up into that same spot, people will scream and yell at them and they get out and walk to the mall, right? People will scream and yell at them or leave nasty notes. Policemen will even pull up and say, Hey, you can't park there. You're using your placard illegally. And, and that's not the case. And so the idea behind this was to, to make it so that you could wear this, right? And, and our awareness campaign really is to say, we've got training now going to businesses, retailers, restaurants, law enforcement, first responders, EMS. And the idea is to say that when somebody sees this symbol or this card displayed, we hope the next thing that would happen is somebody would say, how can I help? Right. And so we're in the midst of all of that right now. And like I said, there is a legislative part of it as well. Um, that's a little bit harder to mobilize, but that kind of solidifies some of it so it can actually go on a government ID. Um, sure. It is all voluntary. I mean, again, if you don't feel like you want that on the day, okay, don't wear it or put it in your pocket. And if you need help, pull it out. So that's really what it's designed for. But yeah, it's been uh, incredible just watching that move forward and, and change the, the conversation that people are having about disabilities. So I have two um, of the most important questions to ask to you. One is super simple and direct. 
how do people find out more about invisible disabilities? So go to the website and go to the summit. How do they find, what is that website? And is there any code or anything that they need to put in to get to the summit? Yeah, oh, for the summit, yeah. So uh, what- And also to support invisible disabilities. Yeah, for sure. Um, so obviously Invisible Disabilities Association is a nonprofit um, and we're a lot smaller than you think. Um, we get a whole lot done and are really well known, but like I said, I'm the only full-time employee. Um, and we mobilize a lot of partnerships that are huge and uh, that of folks helping us out. But obviously the financial resources are kind of what keep us going as far as making programs happen and things like that. Um, what Ken was talking about was we are launching this, this Love Ideas Summit that will be August 10th through the 14th with that date night thing that I talked about on That's Saturday. July. That's August. August, thank you. August, yeah. So we're two months away. It's really coming at us really quickly. And we've got some incredible relationship speakers that are very well known. Like we said, John Gray, who uh, is Men Are From Mars, uh, Women Are From Venus, um, Gary Chapman, who did the five love languages, and a bunch of others. And by the way, Jess, if any of those people are available to be on our show, we'd like to obviously amplify them, but connect them to the summit each time. So uh, we'd be happy to introduce every one of your speakers that are at that level and have them tell why they chose the summit and what they're doing at the summit. That'd be great. Yeah, no, it is really amazing. I mean, I'm talking with them now, just kind of um, preparation. But you asked how to find out about us. Mm -hmm. You can find us at invisibledisabilities.org. Um, and if you go to that landing page, all of these things are there. There's a link for the Love Ideas Summit. There's a link for some of our shows, the podcasts that we started um, uh, in the midst of COVID that are that are just having huge impact. You know, we talk about new health technologies. We talk with experts about anything that has to do with disability. Um, we have, I mean, like Social Security Disability Insurance, um, veterans benefits for disabilities, all kinds of things. And then we usually have people telling their personal testimonies, too, which, are, again, are really powerful um, around the whole things of, of saying, how do you get through something? We're actually working on a really cool film project right now with uh, Kimberly Warner. It's called Unfixed. And uh, Kimberly uh, got hit with a crazy... Um, I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's a French word, uh, 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 an invisible disability where it feels like she's on a boat all the time mm. and she can't get rid of that feeling. And, and it changed her life, but she started doing documentary work and has really been telling some incredible documentaries and we connected with her. She decided to do this project called Unfixed and it's really about people who have had disabilities, invisible or visible, and have always sought the cure, but kind of forgot about living life as a result. And they're, and they're changing gears right now to say, how do I accept what I have? Don't get me wrong. I would still love a cure, but how do I accept what I have and move into a place that I can live in the midst of that? So well, it's Je a really interesting project. Jess, just yeah. so you can sound a little smarter for the next presentation or, uh, you know, radio show you're on, I know that you don't know the actual name of that. Uh, you looked it up? I did not look it up, but I do know how to say boat. It's le bateau. So you can say le bateau feeling, and then people will say, oh, my gosh, he used the French word for boat. So that's pretty good, it's right? Called, it's called mal de – I forget. She, she took, I mean, I could look it up real quick. But, yeah, no, it's a French uh, – it, it recognizes what the illness is. Well, I'm just here to help you with le bateau. That's what I was trying to do. You may not parler par français. Yeah, so oui, oui. Bien sûr. That's the one thing I know how to say, you know, when <laughs> I spent time in Paris and stuff, I worked at some places outside of Paris and 
All I learned to say was, I don't know how to speak French, but well, I no, so well that people are like, but wait, you know, <laughs> my, my friend did the same thing. He learned this whole paragraph um, that he could say perfectly in French. And, and it did not mean he knew when he, what he's saying. It was, I don't know how to speak French, but one day I hope to be able to speak it fluently because I'd love to speak with you right now. And then he <laughs> learned that. <laughs> uh, actually, you guys will be pleased to know it's actually easier than you realize because it's mal de department syndrome. There it okay, is. And then you can say off le bote. <laughs> <laughs> well, di pa, di pate. Le well, the about my, uh, my KGB experience is I can recognize Russian anywhere. And it's really <laughs> scary. Um, and as a matter of fact, my middle daughter was taking ballet for a long time. And she had a, a Russian teacher, right? <laughs> and so I taught her this thing to say. I said, hey, go to your teacher and say, well, she did, and literally the, the lady's face just kind of dropped. Like, <laughs> and and like I said, I can kind of recognize accents and things like that. A bit of a linguist, and 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 um, so you know, I was at the bank one time, and I heard this this accent, and I just looked over there, like, oh, and I threw out some stuff in Russian, and literally the the lady's face turned all white, and I'm like, oh my gosh, relax, you know. Well, apparently, I speak Russian with no accent which is indicative of KGB agents. Oh so my they, were, <laughs> they were like, oh my gosh, they know we're here. I mean, there's... <laughs> that is funny. Oh, it's very funny. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, w one of my favorite words to throw when I don't know enough Russian is ocean fokusna, because that's a, oh, that's very delicious. And people are like, you, there's no way you don't know Russian if you know that expression. <laughs> Out of the blue, you say that. <laughs> You're scared, scared. Oh, that's delicious in an airport. That's funny. Well, <laughs> we are coming down to the final minutes here, Jess, and I wanted to make sure we cover uh, the other very important question. The most important question for me and possibly you is... Why Wayne? Uh, Wayne doesn't know how powerful he is. And from my standpoint of why I'm asking this question is he's such a giver and he's a brother and he's an instant person that wants to bring value to someone's life. So without letting the cat out of the bag for your answer, that's what I wanted to say to, on the air to say, I wouldn't have you on the show if it wasn't for Wayne. And he has provided so much value to us and I love him. I love him. So to, you, you have a life that has all these opportunities and you selected Wayne. Can you tell you on the air why you selected him? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you're right. Wayne's a giver. Wayne's a connector. Um, and Wayne's a visionary. I mean, he has great ideas about, um, you know, uh, where things should be. And I'm probably the guy, I mean, when you look at my Emergenetics profile, it's half conceptual, which, which means visionary, and about 40% analytical, which means in my personality, I don't move forward on something until I have all the data that proves it will be successful. And so when you mix those personalities, I think, again, uh, Wayne having this vault of a Rolodex that he's willing to share and connect anybody, um, as well as having great ideas about what should be done. And then you bring in the doer side um, of, of, okay, let's figure out how to make it happen. Um, it's really worked out very well. And like I said, it's, uh, I've, I, <laughs> I didn't realize how much I didn't know about disabilities and now um, I'm becoming an expert because of Wayne's knowledge, Sherry's knowledge, what they've shared with me. But, you know, our speakers bureau gets out there and talks to different folks about it, you know, whether it's from an HR standpoint or a college diversity standpoint of just understanding how that works. So what you got there? I got a little, I got a little Dr. John Gray happening behind me. Dude, wow. Look at that, man. Yeah, he's he is such a, a giver too, and he's going to be at your summit. So we want to wrap up with. He's some, been on the show before too. 
Yes, he has. And he might be doing even a key smiling book. So a little, little prodding that might happen. So I wanted to actually uh, go to trivia, which is our rapid fire. And this is cool. kind of our exit of all the things we could never ask and have enough time to do. So we're going to do about two minutes. Fast, so wait, fast wait, don't tell me a thing at the very end when they do all the new stuff. Go ahead. I love it. <laughs> all right. So you can answer with one or two, but you do it quickly. So a, a book that changed your life, one or two. Uh, Uncommon by Tony John Dungy. Okay. A song that really gets you going. Oh, dear. Any Earth, Wind, and Fire song. Okay. One documentary, one movie that uh, either changed your life or you recommend for people that need to need to see something. Oh, dear. The Art of the Steel. Not the Donald Trump one. The other one about the art stuff in Philadelphia. Um, and a movie that changed my life. You know, working on Seven Days in Utopia was quite the experience. Cool. Okay. Right. What did you want to be when you were a child? What did you want to grow up to be? I don't know that I knew. I remember being in a football thing for a while, but too small. So, um, you know, the creative thing, I didn't realize it was a profession. And it is what I encourage a lot of my students. Sorry, more than one word. But I, I do think the creative thing just kind of stuck with me and launched, launched through. So, I'm sure we'll have you on again, Jess. But uh it, just from a timely standpoint, I want to say that we would choose you to tell our story as a documentary of the Key Smile Movement and specifically as Barry Shore. And I just want to thank you for that. What other dream documentary would you like to do in your life? Ooh, uh, there's a couple of film projects that I have actually own the rights to that I would love to see moved forward um, from a documentary. And I'm actually working on some documentary stuff now. Um, Andrea said, you're, you're a soccer guy too. Um, so this thing with Kaka, I love Kaka and he's an amazing man of faith as well. I mean, I, I love when he used to score a goal, he'd put up, pull up his Jersey and says, I love Jesus on it. I'm like, That's a pretty strong statement. And you can't argue with it. I mean, the dude scores major goals, right? Um, I actually am wrangling a bunch of those kinds of uh, world-class soccer players right now around some stuff wow. I'm working on. So yeah, that has kind of, I'm not one to be, uh, overwhelmed or <clears throat> um, blown away by anybody because I work with different people in Hollywood and major athletes, but something about being around these soccer guys is, has been different and uh, kind of amazing. So, yeah, I'm very humbled. Yeah, they have a different energy. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And I get it. So. All right, Andrea, last question. Um, uh, uh, last question. So um, uh, what kind of games do you like to play, board games? Oh, we play, we play a lot of card games here. We, we have one called Oh Thunder that we play as a family. Um, All right, we're going to be going to break real quick, so I want to ask one last question. A quote you live by. Oh, dear. Uh, I would have to say, again, Tony Dungy's quoting of Matthew 16, uh, verse 26, says, who would, you know, lose their, who, who would gain the world to lose their soul? Hmm, that's beautiful. Andrea, take yeah. us out. And thank you very much, Jess. You have been amplified. You are a leader that I am so appreciative that you spend time with us and also inspire the world. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome. And we want to thank you for listening with, to Ken Rashawn at Amplified with Ken Rashawn. I'm executive producer Andre Adams-Miller. And we want to thank our sponsors, the Umbrella Syndicate, Big Events USA, the Red Carpet Connection, and Voice America Influencers Channel. And, of course, always Invisible a shout out to uh, Invisible Disabilities. <laughs> thank you. And the Keep Smiling movement, where we want to make sure to say keep smiling in multiple languages. So, love to you all. 
hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.